Look at you. Look at you over. Look at you over on that side. Some things yeah. are better on other. Some, sometimes you have to. Weird. You have to look like that. Is this like. Yeah, the you're, not, you're looking the wrong way. You're, you're oh, sorry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the Brady Bunch. How, how are you? How's, how's your sanity? I know that. Um, I know. Uh, I think both of our workloads are, are a bit uh, difficult. We were just talking about auditions earlier. That I wanted yes. to say. I'm ready to go back to auditioning in person because uh, this videotape auditions are, they're harder work, aren't they? Like, I don't know. If it's, it's Yeah, they're hard. I mean, it's like, it's a, I, I always like, I mean, it's cool because with self tapes, you have a lot of time to do the scene, you know, so, but all, but, right. but then it means that their look, their casting director is going to look at it more like you have to be more prepared than when you go in person and also what i sometimes i don't it's annoying is like you have a point of view that you you know the way that you think the the uh, the character is or the scene is you know and then you do it and it's like when you're in person the casting director can be like hey that was good but how about do it this way you can make the adjustment right there with self-tape it's very hard because if you if you didn't get make that tone they're not gonna call you back you know. Yeah, you're you're only getting one kick at the can. You get you get one shot, and if you get wrong, yeah, you're not getting any notes or anything in real time. You're not able to express that you've got some yeah. professionalism to you. And but the other some, thing is yeah. just the like I said, the effort of putting up yeah. all like like I get that it's in the great scheme of things, it's not a, it's not a big deal. But I'm like I would I would rather drive into 45 minutes into a place to audition and drive back then. Yeah. set up my lights and everything for an hour and a half but did you have uh, one that, that you had to do a lot of stuff like so that's that? what i was yeah so i was ranting to you about an hour and a half ago about having to do it and how exhausting i find it and i got a fr- i ended up calling a friend and getting a friend to come down to save me setting up tripods and stuff like that so i borrowed it for 20 minutes but yes yes and i got a call back so i was complaining to you about an hour and a half ago and i just got an email saying that uh, i got a, you a see so you all see? that all the bitching and complaining but it's still, I mean, I mean, I think it's, but yeah, I think it's that whole combo of like doing, I think it's also like that combo of like when, when you get the direction, it's like do as much as you can, but also don't kill yourself with like, oh, it has to be, you know, like if you have to yeah. do a garden or like you have to be by a lake or like a thing, it's like, look, if you're, if you can yeah. do it and it's not going to be a hustle, fine, but it's like, don't worry if you can't just like I I. I try to apply some of that thinking. Uh, like it's actually some of the thinking that I had from the Jim Jeffrey show, from writing on the Jim Jeffrey show. Because when you're churning out jokes and stuff, um, I started to learn. Like I'm churning out three pages of jokes here, and and then I try to refine them. But then I realized actually my head writer, it, it's down to his interpretation of the jokes. And sometimes, yes. sometimes he'll like a shitty version of a joke I've written. Instead of the well, instead mm-hmm. of the honed version that I think that I could yeah. see was better. So sometimes you got to allow for the eye of the beholder kind of a thing. Yeah, and, yeah, and maybe yeah. look at yourself and go, am I trying too hard? Here? Yes. Or, and also that happens with, with tweets, you know, like sometimes like I write uh, some yeah. tweet that I don't even think about. I just do it. And like, yeah, and it gets like a lot of likes and retweets. And then one that yeah. I go like, this is a perfect tweet. It's crafted perfectly. I'm like, nah, nah. Uh, yeah, nah that's kind of like. Yeah, so exactly. at the end, I think that it's like it's that whole combo of like, in life, I think that goes with everything of like, yeah, of like how much like it's putting work and putting effort, but also don't don't like trust your gut and don't like 
don't yeah. overthink too much, you know. And if yeah. that is 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 being in that middle because you have you yeah. can't just like do like for example with your addition, work, you you prepare work. yourself, but also like don't over like yeah. oh, like I have an addition that I have to get ready to like I'm preparing myself stuff like that. But at the end of the day, when I do it, I'm like just gotta do it and have fun with it and chill and like it, it's yeah. not gonna be perfect. It's nothing gonna be perfect. Yeah. You know? Work smart. Don't overwork. Yes. Just try That's to work right. smart instead of overworking. Same as in like in material. You ever notice how when you write uh, comedy material, you've got that initial stage where it's a baby joke and it's and it sometimes gets great laughs and sometimes yeah. needs work. And yeah. then you got that middle phase where you've been doing it for a couple of months and it's just cooking and cooking. And then it all goes away about six months later and you're like, yeah. why, doesn't, why won't this joke work anymore? And you're like, oh, it's because I've, I've honed it to death and I've yes. turned down too many. And it just seems like too much of a. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, I think that's completely true. And I think that what you're saying is yeah. work smart and uh, and not overwork is what our next guest for episode 24 yeah. did. Uh, Al Jackson, which uh, he like was a, uh, they actually, his nickname was Al Traveler, Travel, Traveler Al, sorry. Traveler Al, he, yeah. He travels so much, you know, just for, you know, when he was young, but also when he started doing stand up, he was traveling all over and like, and then finally he was like, I want to, he started working because now he works in the Daily Blast Live, which is a talk show that's very popular right now. And now he yeah. doesn't travel. He's in, in Denver right now. That's where they shoot it, which I didn't know. And now yeah, he, because he did that. Yeah. yeah, he's found himself in Colorado, and uh, and he's I I had to put he's one of the first people I met when I moved to L. A. Um, the list, you know, the list is only a handful of people. You are one of them, uh, Francisco and Al. I would say you guys came into my life when I first came to L. A. And so it's yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to catch up to him and get him to uh, to join us on our podcast all yeah. the way. All and he the way was so great because he's like obviously he works in Daily Blast Live and. Uh, and yeah. uh, and he's like so good at I mean at, at at talking and also has so many stories to share and also like obviously he's gonna mention it too but also check out his uh, he has a, he wrote a, a children's book yeah. Uh, yeah which is great that he's gonna talk about it on, uh, on yeah and we'll put we'll put the links down and and uh, yeah and I know I've been, we've been posting his comedy all week but uh, let's get let's get to it we had such a fun chat with him so uh, let's throw it to our little uh, our little conversation with Al Jackson. Here we go. Hi, hello. One. All right. Here we go. We got him. Here is Al Jackson. We're joining. He's taking a break from his uh, gambling, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Slot machines. <laughs> How are you, buddy? How, how's it going, dude? It's good to see y'all, man. It's just yeah, buddy. You know, like I, I've, I've, I both, I've had great times with both of you guys. But when I found out you guys were doing a podcast together, it's one of those weird things where you like you don't know who knows each other in comedy, and it's ah. like I almost feel like a friend where I'm like, how'd you guys meet? Like, did you, <laughs> are you guys like through comedy, or did you work on the show? Or like, how'd y'all like get cool? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, we, it was actually well. I, it's, it was actually through our manager. We have the same manager, and he, when JJ moved to the yeah, US, yeah, he kind of like, hey, like you want to meet uh, JJ, you know? And then 
which I always tell him this stuff. Like I went to yeah, see him in a show. Like, oh, oh, really? Who's this JJ? No, because you know, no, because no, 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 because you know, they like uh, as we know, Al. Like when somebody says it's a comic or whatever, you know, you always want to be like, all right, let's see if you're a good comic. Like, are you a good comic? Yes. You know what I mean? So like, I went to see him at a show. And then I was like, oh, okay, he's a good comic. And then I was like, all right, we can hang out. <laughs> you know? It's an unspoken thing in comedy. We are snobs with other comics. And if yeah. you're if you're cool with a lot of comics you respect, that says a lot more about your act than you think. That's it's true. More I mean, than that's... hanging out in anything, it's more like, yo, I respect you. We can talk yeah. crap, we can talk life. Yes. So, yeah. And so I was I telling him, he has, he has nothing to do with that, even with the, 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 that show that night. It was more about like, oh, okay, he knows even being like a good comic, you know, like, cause you can be a great comic and, and not be, not do good in a show. And I still be like, Oh, that's uh, a good comic. Like I know oh, what yeah. he's doing. Like he's, I, he knows, you know, I don't mind if a comic doesn't do well on the show, but you can tell if they're funny normally, if they don't do well on the show though. And then they harp on about how they're usually amazing or they, or they chase uh, audience out of the building and then blame it on them. Then that's it's time so to weird. run. You got to run. Yeah. It's so <laughs> weird how people don't see or hear like their act and you're just like you you do know that because I, I i know when it when a show didn't go well you you, you yeah. know and it's weird when other comics like well how was that now now it's on me to lie now you're making me you bombed now i have to lie it's okay <laughs> yeah i know i mean so it is i, I don't understand like it, it is funny because when I, when I first moved to la you know i i started doing open mics especially at the comedy store stuff like that and it was literally like half of the people were like me were like, okay, sane and kind of like wanted to do this as a career. And then there half of them were like literally like in a fantasy world. Like they didn't see like you could be like, are you not funny? Or like, or you keep doing the same yeah. stuff that's not working. Like I was like, what's going on? But then I started saying, oh, yeah, that's Hollywood. And you see a lot of people that yeah. live in, in fantasy land and they're, you know, they get stuck. You know, <laughs> they're, they're, in, they're in a one person bubble. Yeah. But we had a couple of those in Britain as well. I, I, you know, I've talked about it with some of my British friends and stuff. There are a few comics who are always like, I killed it, smashed it. And you're like, really? We were watching that gig. It wasn't, too, uh, <laughs> it's, I don't it's even think so it got weird. Yeah, it, it, it's very strange. And I think, you know, you're talking about LA. I started my career in Miami. And one of the big regrets, uh, we all know for Shaw, he's a great, me and him have been cool. Uh, he's one of all of our regrets. We all yeah. regret <laughs> One of our regrets is like, you know, we didn't record our open mics in Miami because at 43 years old, and I think four is like 45, we were part of that last generation that has kind of one foot in the analog part of comedy history and then the, the post and the pre, the analog. Yes, it dates you and that sucks. But the good thing yeah. is that our stories are crazier because now with the internet, even if a comedy condo sucks, like three or four comics will tweet about it. The yeah. club will get to, you know, they'll hear it about it and they'll fix it. We, yeah. we started our career at a time where just like, Oh, the general manager is completely crazy. Oh, there's already another <laughs> comic in the condo. Oh, you know, uh, they forgot to yeah. tell us the club moved two doors over. Or so uh, I'm 40 minutes late getting on stage. Just like there were, there were the crazy owners, crazy clubs, and crazy audience yeah. members. And I think it's because people acted a lot differently when no one knew that they were being recorded. Yes. Yeah, that was so that is so true because it's like it's those stories that you never would have heard, you know, because obviously you had to be there. It's kind of like you had to be yeah. there kind of literally. Now it's like, yeah, you said somebody posted on, on Instagram or Twitter, you know, and then that's it. Everybody knows. Yeah. 
And you know, even with even, you don't even have to post I, it on Twitter. You can share it as a group text, and that's still. I out saw. There. I saw. I saw a comedian put his. This would be two thousand. I'm gonna say two thousand and six. I saw a comedian put his penis in somebody's drink in the front row. I saw him undo his pants wow. and just squat over the person's drink, getting heckled. <laughs> And he went, what do you think of that? <laughs> right there. And then they were leaving. And I saw wow. that. that. That can't happen now. And there's a few uh. comics comics listening right now who know exactly the comedian I'm talking about because he's done it more than once. Uh, ah. Yeah, you couldn't couldn't do that now. And I was going to say, too, before this generation, like our generation. That was called was a, a pina colada, by the way. Yes. Hey. <laughs> Before our generation, there was definitely there was a vacuum because I think '80s comics there was a lot of just insanity trading as comedy. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, there, so that was nurtured yeah. a lot more, more, more competition. I think in our generation. More True, absolutely. It's like well, the 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 walls of success are, I would almost say, laid flat. It's kind of basically as hard as you want to work. You want to have three podcasts, a YouTube channel, it's two TikToks, yeah. and get on stage three times tonight. It's cool. Whereas I think in the '80s. There was probably less competition, but there was like there was the Tonight Show or you can go F yourself. And so like yeah. now it's like, you know, there's not like uh, 200 people competing for one spot. But now yeah. it's three million people j jockeying yeah. for everybody's 41 minutes of time, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's a lot it's, it's a lot harder to grab people's attention. But I kind of prefer it like this. I feel like just talking to comics and being funny and just kicking it is better than that like that we i never like showcases i didn't like yeah. those because oh, i feel like I those, it, yeah. they, they they catered towards comics that were like 100 meter dash sprinters in the olympics yeah and some some great comics are marathon runners uh -huh. or they do the whatever the hell the the four times around the track is the 800 right. <laughs> you know yeah. but it's like you some people start slow i mean i know a ton of comics that would blow ron white out of the water for the first three minutes, you know, there they got this right. crazy act and they blow the crowd away and they got two lines that they always hit the first two people in the front row with. And that gets a big laugh and they have a callback. But minute 17, oh. where you at, bro? Yeah. Where, yeah. where you at yeah. minute 28 when it's a little lull? Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. where the great ones take you know, over, you, you know? Put in their penis in a drink. That's there where you go. <laughs> yeah. Staring that and shaking, but not stare. Yeah, man. That is we true. We had a guy in uh, the UK who just used to go on about pigeons, and that was his yeah. whole thing. He never graduated from the open spot circuit, but when you saw him, for the first two minutes, you're laughing your ass off, because he's like, what the fuck is up with pigeons? And he's freaking out, and he's mimicking them, and he's walking around, <laughs> and he's fucking, fucking birds, fucking pigeons, and then about about two and a half minutes in, you, you start to look at each other, you go, this is, this is it, right? This is all he does. He does pigeons for 10 minutes. And, and yeah. That's, uh, that's not going to last. And then you think about how much he must think about pigeons to have a set about it, because he's not only observed them for so long that they make him mad, but then yeah. he started thinking, I should do comedy. Then yeah. he thought about what that act would look like, and then he structured an act around pigeons, which made him think about pigeons 10 times more then he was already clearly obsessed. I mean, it's a it's a rabbit hole of pigeons. It's a pigeon hole. <laughs> yeah, it's a hell of a spiral. That's crazy. I, but yeah. I, 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 sorry, I just want to go because well, uh, uh, yeah, we haven't introduced him yet, have we? Yeah, yeah. properly. Oh. Is that what we were about to do? We have we haven't done all right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and and in fact, we just started talking before we went live here as well. We didn't even get a chance to preamble with you because right away we all just started talking to each other's faces off because we haven't seen each other for a while. But uh. 
we didn't ask you if you had something you wanted to pitch or anything like that. I would like to just say, I, I know you from touring with Jim Jeffries, and you're the co-host of the Daily Blast Live now. Um, but yeah. Al, since we didn't ask you before we went live, is there anything that you would like to uh, pitch to our audience out there? Anything you'd like to let them know about? Uh, I uh, I wrote a kid's book. So oh, wow. If you want to buy that. Uh, yeah, it's actually... I, I That's really, awesome. Dude, you know what happened? Is this I, during the uh, pandemic that you did it? This was right before the pandemic. It was done. And then it was completely, probably by the time the pandemic hit, I was on my second shipment. But I just said, always wanted to write one. So I, I wrote one and, uh, y you know, it started selling pretty good. It's called Where's Baby Ford? It's actually right here. This is a copy that's right on. It's, it's oh, next nice. to me because, oh, and it's a weirdly colored. Where's but, Baby Ford? <laughs> yes, Ford is my youngest son. And oh, uh, cool. it's not about yeah, Robert Ford. <laughs> no, it's it's weird. I I, I should. That's going to be my second one. Uh, <laughs> I, I like uh, you know my my youngest son is on the spectrum, and I wanted to write a children's book, so I write, started writing this book about my three kids going on an adventure. But then I had my son talking, and that now he's verbal, but he wasn't then. And it felt like I think as a comic, it just felt fraudulent, you know, to be right. writing dialogue. So then I just made it where he has an impact in every scene, but he doesn't speak because I wanted oh, to that's like. Cool. Yeah, and so in ten percent of all, all all proceeds go to the the Firefly uh, Autism House here in Lakewood, Colorado. But oh, that's awesome, man. That's yeah, awesome. dude. I've been doing their their uh, their fundraiser. This will be my third year. But I really just got I got introduced uh, to just like the world of of, of autism. I know they don't. They, uh, I I worked with a kid on. Uh, do you guys remember that old show uh, MTV Made? Did you yeah, get yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was a coach on that. It was a while back. Oh wow. Uh, but yeah, I was a coach, and uh, the kid, which I don't think Asperger's is considered on the autism spectrum anymore, but he oh. uh, he had whatever the hell that was. That sure looked and smelled like autism to me, and he had <laughs> right. it, and it was like my first introduction. And the good, the great thing about again television back then is like this. It wasn't like scripted reality. It was just me for thirty days trying to teach this kid that was on the spectrum how to do stand-up and and meet mm -hmm. girls mm -hmm. and it was like i man it's so weird <laughs> that i because I, I, I think about it all the time and I, and I and i look at my son and and the kids i've met on the spectrum it's this weird it seems like initially to people that are heteronormative not heteronormative whatever uh whatever the hell we are normal i really want to say that it we 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 look at them and we're like, oh yeah, oh you're on the spectrum. But I remember meeting Jordan, which is the kid I I, I coached uh, on MTV. And what I realized is that, first of all, a lot of comics are on the spectrum. After working yeah. with them, I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it yeah. just wasn't it that that hadn't dropped. That term wasn't out. But I was like, oh okay. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. you know, in like the the laser focus and because there's like a, a, a lack of emotion that is emoted, they're not mm -hmm. as nervous about interactions that they probably should be. Mm -hmm. So like, I remember the first night he was 15 years old, he was doing stand up for the first time ever in his life on MTV at the improv back at the, in Louisville. And first time ever, think about just how nervous you were at your first open mic and nobody cared. Yeah. Just on national TV yeah. and, and I pulled him aside and I go, uh, Jordan, don't look at the cameras. You got this. We worked on this. Don't be nervous. And he goes, nervous. I'm supremely confident. Wow. And like, it was such a, like, I, it like almost turned me on. It was so yeah, like, confident. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. And it was just like, almost like because they think of things so linearly, it's just like, 
we worked on the jokes. I worked on them after I left. Yeah, you. it's like I and practiced. I, I did. Yeah. Why would I be nervous? I right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Where you'd be like, I'm gonna go up there and trip, and what if yeah. the mic comes off and, and my mom will be lagging. looking? Yeah, people yeah. following. Yeah. So it's, it is uh, a little bit of like a. I don't know. If, I mean, I'm not saying this, but I mean, I I'm a very huge fan of Kobe. So I mean, I don't like that Mamba mentality of like. Yeah. Like you put the work. So then when you do it, like, it's like, you know, he was very into like, you got to put the work, you know, the work and it's, 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 it's the road, is the work, not the destination kind of thing. So I think it's a little bit of that. Like, it's like, why would you be never, which is actually very smart thing to say. I mean, that's why I always go like when people are like in the spectrum or anything like that, I've, I always feel like, I mean, who's the normal here? Maybe. I mean, I think they're smarter than me. I mean, that's just a smarter thing than me like i would never think like that and to me that's more smart you know so it's like i always go like who is you know i think we're all what's considered you know, yeah what's considered you know yeah. and you actually brought something up and i want to throw this at you guys i'm interviewing y'all now but <laughs> you brought up kobe and i definitely i don't this is my opinion i'm saying on the podcast this is not whatever but i definitely think that Kawhi leonard is somewhere on the spectrum yes uh, oh yeah uh, 100%. Uh, for sure 100. And I wonder, I think Kobe was very socialized and I don't know if he would be considered on the spectrum, but I think to have the kind of focus that he had every second of every day on mm -hmm. basically one or two things and the obsession to be the best, I don't know if that would be considered on the spectrum, but I think about like, do you guys think anything that was like that we consider great, like how was Mozart not on this? Or like the person that's painted yeah. the Sistine Chapel, they were on their back painting with their left hand backwards for 16 hours a day. Like what person, we would be up there like, my back hurts, I miss my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. You have to have this like, you have to be on the spectrum to, you, to, to and, write a symphony. Of course. And you almost yes. have to lean, you have to lean into it as well, in a way. In a way, sometimes you're tapping into those those elements of yourself that are on the spectrum in order to bring out the, yeah, I that, think it's that that, that, that that obsession too that makes you like like that. To me, that's I mean, what's considered normal or not, but to have that obsession to be the best and to be like, you know, I'm like forget my relationships and forget my life and forget whatever. I need to focus on this. I need to do this. You know, that's something. You know, yeah, I think Kobe. I mean, I always remember that thing when when uh, uh, forget who it was that that player, but the one that went like this to the ball and and Kobe didn't flinch. That's that was, a, that's that was a, the most gangster thing I've ever seen yeah, in sports ever in my life. And you could tell the guy that he did that to, that was Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes, yes. Who was a, a tough guy, a great player, and a real dude. Mm -hmm. And I think when that happened, Matt Barnes is like, oh, you're a real one. Yeah. When like, that's like right. when a biker tells you you're free to go. Like, I recognize yeah. game, recognizes game. Like, that was like one of those things where, like, it was such a little thing. But to to have trained your body to that point where like somebody th flinches a ball in your face at an mm -hmm. inch away and you don't move a millimeter is a different kind of focus that I just don't know if neurotypical people can get. No, I don't well, know. I, I think it's a little bit of what you were saying of the Jordan, uh, who was like, why? Like, I think Kobe would say the same thing. It's like, why would be? Why why would I flinch? I know he's not gonna hit me. You know, kind of like right. that mentality of like, yeah, I don't need nothing. You know, like another normal person, like I, if somebody does like that, I'd be like, yeah, even though if I'm completely, yeah. you know, so it is, it is crazy how like, um, 
you know how I, I always say I always think that like how which people are when people say like oh this person is this person is this is like I think we all have something you know and I think, I think everybody's got an element I mean that's what they say about athletes anyway you know it's it's you know there's 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 the talent element and then there's the other things that you derive from your your persona or or whatever you know whatever whatever type of autism you have going on in your body and stuff like that I yeah. just think like, we could all like, be I, better I, with I a little autism. Yes, I have, I have some. Uh, I have ADHD, and stand-up comedy for me helps me to focus. Stand-up comedy was amazing because with my ADHD, I'm just all over the place. Sometimes, sometimes I got really bad days where I can't focus on anything, and then. Uh, but stand-up comedy for me was like, all right, I it gave me that ability to put enough pressure on myself that I have to focus. I have to focus and get this right, or I'm going to let people down. I'm going to let me down, and that's the way I like it. Because without that, I would rather just fucking. I, I can't. I'm less productive. Mm -hmm. I am an all. It's like an all or nothing thing. Yeah. You know, I need all that pressure, or I'm. I as well just fart the day away. Well, I think. Uh, well, I, I do want to um, go back and actually uh, talk about Al and his travels, because. Uh, yeah. Well, let's clarify do... the most important thing first. <laughs> like he's actually not in a casino right now, so we're. No, we're no. Not... <laughs> just so we know. Yeah, he's not. He's at uh, at his. Uh, where are you right now, by the way? I am you... in uh, I'm in Denver, Colorado. I've been oh, here okay. shoot about four years now. Oh, uh, okay. yeah, this is where uh, we tape Daily Blast Live, my talk show at. Ah, uh, okay. Texas. I always thought that was in LA. No, yeah, it's it's we dude. It's such a weird story, and I'm sure you guys have this with your career. Every single thing that I was sure was going to be a home run, like, well, I'm about to be filthy rich and famous, so I'll <laughs> see fair. you bitches <laughs> later. You know, yeah. <laughs> like. That all like just flamed out. And mm -hmm. I, I remember my agent came to me with this talk show in Denver. And I was like, in my head, I was like trying to figure out a nice way to tell my agent, like, I'm not the client you send to Denver, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had things going in LA, like everybody has things going. And uh, I come back, uh, Hannibal and I, I toured with Hannibal Burris too. He, had, he and I had just done, and uh, we had just gone to Australia and, I came back and I had to wait because of the visa. I had to wait a day and then go on a USO tour to Japan and then came back. So I had been to Australia, LA, LA, Japan in the back and flying back to LA. I was on the flight and I was like, this, I think this is the first time, like, I don't know what being burnt out from traveling is, but I felt like for the first time in 14 years I was. And I called my agent. I was like, yo, is that show in Denver still going? And they were like, yeah, they still, they're still interested in you. So I took the gig thinking it's daytime talk, you know, there's no slots, you know, if it goes the season, it'll be a win. I'll sleep in my own bed for a month and then get back to LA. And here I am four, four years later. So it's always wow. the stuff you're sure of that's going to fail. And yes. it worked. <laughs> Completely. It's always like that. The stuff that you think, like you said, the stuff that you think you're going to, it's going to make you, nothing happens. And the stuff that you're like, all right, let's see. And then that's the stuff that's like, yeah. Cause I mean, I seen the show, I seen it like, you're so, I mean, like you're so good at it. I think like it's one of those things that also like you. I don't know if you ever thought you were gonna be a talk show of a TV host, but like you're so good at. Because I seen your, you know, even stuff that goes viral uh, sometimes that you're like, you know, your passion, but you're like so eloquent at talking about it. So it's like it's kind of like you were made for that, you know. And, and yeah, you're really. Well, I mean, like, look, look at what we're doing right now. Like you guys have a, a, a point of view but you guys have figured out a way to make a living getting your point of view across to strangers by putting humor in it and, and surprise in there. 
and we sit and we talk on podcasts for hours and hours for years and years of our career. So you learn when to jump in, you learn when to back off, you learn when JJ needs space and let him talk or like, hey, we need it. So all these elements we're like picking up. So I think that comics and plus the radio, we do the radio to promote gigs mm -hmm. where you have maybe 30 seconds to get yeah. be funny and get something in there that you know, hey, tickets yeah. 730, don't be like, you know, whatever. And so all these like weird skills, I feel like uh, comics are just kind of like uh, on this like weird adventure video game. We all know what the point of it is. And you're just picking yeah. up like, oh, I'm funny yeah. and I'm kind of charming. And I kind of know yeah. what not to talk to people that live here or what yeah. they like to hear yeah. and don't do Walmarts and jokes in New York City. And you learn these like random yeah. facts. Yeah. And then you like realize like, oh, there's a job as a talk show host or a, 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 a podcast and all these things kind of come up and I feel like technology in a weird way caught up with us because I feel like yeah. this is what we've been doing since day one. That's so yeah. true. And now that you're doing uh, Daily Blast, um, does do you feel that it's has it chiseled off a bit of your stand-up career or time for stand-up? I mean, you must have less time to tour, obviously. So, like, how are you balancing that now? If you got the Daily Blast going, are you able to tour or do you mostly just hit up the state of Colorado? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's a little bit of both. I don't tour as much, but I think it's because uh, if I kept touring, guys, I was going to die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was just like, I mean, I think that there's, especially when I started comedy there, I had this romanticized version of like what a road comic was. And like, hmm. you're super like embarrassingly indignant about it. Like, I'm going to... I'm gonna die on stage. It's like, would you shut <laughs> up, you yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna it. sleep on the on the, yeah. in the train. I'm like, why go to a hotel? Yeah, yeah. These melodramatic, yeah, yeah. like uh, tortured soul artists. And after yeah. a while, you know, you're you're at the at the double tree in Dallas for the eleventh time, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, we need to figure something out here, guys. <laughs> yeah, I can't do another lobby waffle. Yeah, completely. And you say you started. You started in Florida, and then did you move? Uh, like, like, what was your like big move uh, to to for your career? Did you move? Uh, you know, from Florida. I, I moved from Florida to New York uh, right after I got my thirty minute special, um, and that was again pre, like I said, almost pre analog stand up before everything was podcasts and things like that. And this was like at the time when I moved to New York in like two thousand seven. It, where, you know, there wasn't like the idea of moving to New York, especially when I was a comic in Miami, as I was a middle school teacher and a comic, almost like having a day job and a night job, just like I have now. But it's like, now it's, I don't think that I like feel like anything's impossible, where I right. truly thought that like moving to New York was like, what are you talking about? Like there was no you might as well have been talking to me about moving to Uzbekistan. There's no, like, there's it, There's no connection. Like, how do you even do that? Mm -hmm. You know? Oh, really? And, Is that even within your comedy community that you were building? In yeah. Florida, you, even you still thought uh, New York just doesn't seem like a logical... Yeah. Like, I didn't know how to get there or how you made money. Like, I at that, Daniel Tosh had been gone from Florida before I got there. Um, oh, There was, like, a couple comics that uh, we're right ahead Jeez, of me. That he's left. a Florida boy too. There's a, a lot yeah. of boys. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of Florida boys. We had Orlando Labo. You got man. It's just Florida's comedy hotbed. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, it's I mean, hidden. I guess it's because it's a hell of a state. It's, it, it's, a, it's you got to have a sense of humor to, to come it's, out of there. It's such a weird 
state. It's just like everybody uh-huh. kind of has these analogies for Florida, and I, I don't know how to how to f- figure it out. It's just like Florida is like your, it's like two different people. Like it's like your bipolar friend. One is like, <laughs> kind of like, you, you know, very country, yellow pickup truck, uh, you know get her done bumper sticker and then the other one's very cosmopolitan miami and the the two personalities don't ever really mix but you as a comic float in and out because like everybody's like Mm -hmm. oh you do stand up in miami yeah but you also do stand up in tallahassee and winter haven and 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 ocala you know and and like play but yes florida gets a bad rap yes certain elements of florida are terrible and embarrassing and scary but there's this weird thing, especially when you're young, where like the only time that you can really have an incredible time is when things are a little scary. Yeah. And right? that's where Florida comes in. Florida has, Florida does not judge you. They don't care what you're drinking and what time you can get something anytime you want. And that's a good thing and a bad thing, but you can have the best time of your life in Florida and you can die immediately in Florida. And Florida <laughs> right? doesn't care either way. <laughs> right. That's it's funny. Just, it is true. Like I, when I, when I've done shows, I remember, yeah, done shows. Like I remember doing a show in Orlando, and then I had to do the next day do a show in uh, Daytona Beach, and like, and yeah, I was like, even driving, I'm going like, wow, there's a lot of NASCAR going on, mm-hmm. you know, like the switch. <laughs> it's like you see, I was like, oh, and that's where I, that's where I was going. Like I was, I was kind of like a chameleon in my way so i don't get like i start that's when i stood my right. trucker hat and i'm yeah. all, and i and i start going by frank instead of francisca because <laughs> i was like ah, you never know man i don't want to get people but yeah but it is it is like what you were saying i didn't really realize until now yeah like you go from in and out and you have to kind of like learn and i think that really helps you then when you go into other road gigs or new york or anywhere else to like learn how to deal with different crowds because that's yeah, what you're that, doing, you know? Dude, you hit it on the head. And JJ, I don't know how many times you've been to like Miami, like the South Florida part, but you know, between nice. Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and West Palm, you know, those are like three very different demographics. Like West Palm is super high end, more conservative. Mm-hmm. And then Fort Lauderdale is like, you know, blue collar, still more conservative, but more of like a drinky, hey, let's go. Yeah. I know another bar that's open kind of place. And Miami mm-hmm. is, you know, beautiful people, but uh, two thirds of the audience English is their second language. So you yeah. learn how. You, so you learn how to be an entertainer, bro. You learn how to like. I mean, they they yeah. still get the jokes, but like you can't just stand there. So like, get make people yeah. laugh. And like Miami taught me to be a to be a goddamn entertainer, dog. I was mm-hmm. like, I right. need to learn how to make right. my Haitian people laugh. I'm gonna learn how to make my Cuban folks laugh. And teaching middle school, you know. My class was the United Nations, kids from Venezuela, every people right. from all over the world. So like I was comfortable floating in and out of just all these different people's worlds, but different points of view. So Miami was such an international city, but I just felt like I was, I didn't look at myself as like an observer. I felt like I was just one small piece of this incredible yeah. quilt. Jesus, nice analogy yeah. there, no, B. That's, Arthur. That, that's really interesting. <laughs> I, I never... I never thought of that before about how, you know, it's you're you're in this multicultural kind of kind of place. But because I always thought of being the fish out of water, and that's where you can get your observations. Because that's how I always felt. Like I was a Canadian living in Britain 
doing stand-up comedy and so that was helping me to make observations right you know and i, f- I feel a bit of that way here in america because i'm making observations about americans now that americans haven't noticed about themselves but i never thought about the other way around because of course in london england and in edinburgh and scotland of course huge collision of cultures cultures from all around the world so i'm learning all about their worlds and also my roommates were australian comedians so i'm learning off the aussies um you know so that's a really interesting point that you're that you know you, you're gaining all these different cultural experiences from what you're surrounded by in a yeah, place it, like that it, it, it's a special place and I, I i'll tell you this man they don't you know they, they don't really make comedy clubs that look like this anymore the old miami improv was kind of weirdly situated i don't know why they laid that out like that definitely i'm sure whoever did it was on a mountain of cocaine <laughs> but right? the way the room was situated and with these weird nooks and crannies and the super low ceiling to this day, there's no feeling like when that room would be rocking on a Friday night. Yeah. Orlando like, said the same yeah. thing. Orlando Did he really? Yeah, he it's, said that like so my weird. club was so like good. He was saying like, and you know, I never got a chance to. I don't think I was doing comedy at that time, but but he was saying that yeah, like the low ceilings, that 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 room was just hot. There there was an energy because people. It was like that was a weird thing for me being a comic starting in Miami. And living on Miami time, I mean, the, the seven because there would be a seven forty five show and a nine thirty show. So the seven forty five show, I'm not trying to be funny here. The seven forty five show started like eight forty. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's and, right in Miami. Yeah, yeah and the nine thirty show would literally sometimes start at midnight. So I'd be like, <laughs> we only had to do two shows today, and we only one got pushed till tomorrow. But like the crowd <laughs> right. didn't care because they were kind of on Miami time, so they kind of showed up whenever. And it was like this weird party scene that can't be recreated. I know a lot of people wouldn't like it, but once you got used to it, it was just a way to be. And then when I started touring and then you go to, you, you know, Cincinnati uh, Funny Bone and 745 and the music comes on, you're like, what the hell are y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, not yeah, even, yeah, yeah. you starting at Showtime. Yeah. What fun yeah. is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so funny you mentioned that too, because now I remember I last time, I think before I went to, uh, I was uh, 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 opening for this uh, Brazilian comic. His name is Rafinha Bastos. And we did the Miami Improv, but the new one that's in the Doral. And um, and it's exactly now what you were saying. Like it was like, because he had obviously a Brazilian crowd. So they didn't speak English or they didn't knew that much English. And I had to go there. I remember like going there and like, I was like, okay, I'm going to do my bits. And then like by minute five, I'm going like, oh no, I have to like just entertain. And yeah. then it just became a thing where, like, you know, you work with the crowd, and then you slowly throw in your right. bits, and then you walk in the crowd, and and like, and now I was like, oh yeah, it was like that because it was such a mixed crowd. I yeah. mean, I was like, it was like you're all over. So I was like, yeah, you have to kind of like, you can't stick to, and I, that's really helpful as a comic because it makes you know how to work because it's easy when you perform a crowd that's like they know what they're doing and it's like right. a very audience TV crowd, but that one is like it's just complete wild and you gotta like take care of it, you know. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys still do colleges? I do. I, I do. I do. I still do. And like, uh, well, I mean, right now, obviously, because of the pandemic, I did mostly virtual stuff, you know, and, uh, and then, but yeah, I've done it, you know, and uh, it's funny. It's changed, you know, to me. Like, I think before it was like, you know, like, well, before it was, I think I changed because before I knew I was so, I, I thought it, I took it very personal. You know, I thought I was like, I was like, oh, we lost you there, Francisco. Is the, the quick time? There you go. Quick time. But like, but they, yeah, they, uh, 
you know, I would, the first time I did, I was like, oh, the first time, a couple of times, I was like, it's like, oh, people are coming to see me. And then you get there and it's like, tang people. And like, they're not even, they don't give a shit. They don't dare, you know? <laughs> me, I was like, oh my God. Have, I, they, have I, they taken the guts out of comedy nah. a bit in America with a no. bit of. No, I think, the... no, I feel like, I mean, to me, I was like, you have to let it on because with all this thing, it's like, oh, they're sensitive. It's like, yeah, but they're still also like kids and like young kids and like you know so it's like yeah don't talk about stuff that they will be feel weird about and i think that to me that's what I, my approach has always been to be like you know you just talk about stuff that they can relate to and like in a way and that and if they can't relate to you gotta explain to them in a cool way in a cool entertaining way you know but uh right. but yeah now i'm like i realize it's not personal like and i just go and do it you know and it's kind of like all right let me go and get in there do my thing and bye you know but uh but before I was like, I took it very personally. And I was like, Ugh. yeah, and like it's it. super weird because yeah, because in Britain, I, I'm pretty sure the college, the stand-up comedy at colleges culture hasn't changed much in Britain, and but it's a great deal of rebellion. It's a big drunken night, and everybody's kind of out of their sorts for the like the students, the young people love it. And I think then when you come to America and you see what a college gig is, it's very different. I guess, you know what, a college gig in Britain is more like Frost Night. You know, it's more like drunken mayhem and craziness and there's a comic on. Woo! Whereas in America, you have Frost Nights and then you have when the comedian comes, it's, you know, it's a bit of a safety zone or something. JJ, that what you just described is the the way comedy is in Britain at colleges. That's what I thought it was going to be. Because, you know, right. you get booked to do Florida State and you're like, all right, girls on shoulders, beer cakes, <laughs> and you get there and it's in the student lounge on a Friday <laughs> at 8.30. There are people getting chicken nuggets. There's some yeah. people playing cards. There's, and you're, you know, you're, read, you're read a riot act. You're told not to touch certain subjects and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, yeah, it's, um, it's very different from British. Yeah, no, I mean, they're British college gigs. Yeah. Well, it's also the preparation. They're not even, they don't even know that much about stand up. So it's like, I mean, I've done shows where like, they were like, hey, we're, we, we've given away free coffee. So the show was like in their Starbucks thing. So like, wow. you know, people are lined up not to see me, but to get the free coffee. And then while I'm doing the show, all you hear is like, shh, shh, you know, all the booming <laughs> and the stuff. I was like, and I'm literally talking to one person that's one. paying attention to me. Yeah. And they're paying attention to me because they're part of the student council that hired me. So they have to pay attention. And you <laughs> so know, they both. lost a bet to stay there. Everybody else is with their boyfriend and they're like, I'll yeah. sit here and watch this. And they're like sitting there. I just remember like doing colleges. I, I remember Forrest and I did a college in uh, Long Island and I'll never forget this as long as I live. There was nobody there. Like mm -hmm. it was in the cafeteria right. at like yeah. four o'clock. Like I think the cafeteria is probably pretty empty by two. Mm -hmm. And so this was four yeah. and it was like, it was a Friday. And I think like somebody like Kanye West or some like a big act was there or going to be there in like two hours. And there was just a, a, a lunch attendant just wiping down trays. <laughs> and we had to stand there and give, do stand up to a completely section of empty chairs. <laughs> and it just right. showed me how much money they don't care, just right? waste. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> You should have flushed it down the toilet or given it to a homeless guy and filmed yes. him for an hour and see what he does with five grand. Yeah. What yeah. a waste of it's so and I'm I'll take it. But just <laughs> yeah, like there's no it. structure. You know, the, yeah. the person that hired you doesn't know who you are. So you get there, you're like, hey, I'm JJ, I'm doing a stand-up. She's like, stand up. Uh, do we have uh 
Yeah. Well, okay. Also, in a lot of cases, if they don't spend it, they lose it, don't they? So yes. They have to spend it. So that's why instead of it being prioritized, it's that's sometimes you can only find that out once you show up at the gig. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm one of those. I'm that act. I'm yeah. that act of like, oh, we had two grand left in the budget, so let's get one of those. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> otherwise we don't get we don't get the two grand next semester. Yeah. yeah, and then you see a, a poster <laughs> of a comic that you know <laughs> that they are promoting, and you're yeah. like, oh, they're one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. I'm not in that tier. Oh, got it, yeah. got it. A, Definitely. I'm You'll be in the spot. library, the learning annex, Francisco. Uh, there's an accordion door, but you can shut it for a little yeah, intimacy. Yeah. There's yeah. no mic. Yeah. You can use the mic from the podium, but you can't take it out. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right, cool. So I'm, so I'm teaching a class. Okay, yes. thank you. All right. Well, okay, so I'm dying to know, like, here we are, because we're like 38 minutes into our podcast. We actually haven't asked you any of the – we like to talk about travel. Actually, we touched on it a bit. but I'm, I love it. I'm dying. I'll, I'll try to get us back on track, but I'm just curious. When you found New York to be the daunting thing, did you did you do the move on your own? I mean, you said it was off the back of your special. So did that give you the balls to go, at least I think I can have a footprint in New York at this point? Or did you do it with friends? Did you make the move with a with No, I – I did it by myself. And uh, again, I just think part of my career and part of any success that I've gotten is because I was too dumb not to know to not do that. So I just moved. And luckily for me, I was the house MC uh, at the at the South Florida Improvs. So I knew almost every comic that lived okay. in New York, like, uh, yeah. by, and I had worked with them and hung out with them and party with them. So I knew them as friends not like hey i'm the guy right. like i'm like hey remember saturday you know so i knew <laughs> these guys and, and and women so i had a lot of connections when i got there i kind of done a mini tour with Atel uh when he was at the height of his fame with insomniac so he kind of helped me get in and uh get my feet you know uh whatever you say that in new york and so like yeah, yeah. It, it just it, it really worked out well for me and like when i got there it just felt more that's a great way Oh. oh, I think we lost. Yeah, I've lost them. We lost them. We lost Did the you? audio. Oh, now we can oh. hear. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a. Uh, yeah, there you go. You know, you got to start over again. <laughs> now you got to start. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to put the mic here and then I'm not going to. Dude, I, I, or maybe that's a thing that you did it that you you want you want you didn't want to say and you were like you, you did that trick. Yeah. That's a that's a daily blast trick. They're like, yeah. I'm not gonna get in trouble with this. I'm just gonna pretend. And I'm like, what are you talking? I'm sorry. It, it, it's like it's like right before you say, I'm not saying women shouldn't get paid as much as men. <laughs> but, and then your phone dies and it saves your career, and you're like, oh, thank yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did I need that? Thank you, comedy gods. Yeah. Yes, man. Yeah, no. It's uh, it, it, you know, I was just saying with New York, I, I knew a lot of people, and I I think New York is a great example of just probably anything in your life, whether you do stand up or not, or you just want to travel. Yeah, because and, right. and I can say this. I, I know we talk about traveling. Uh, 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 you guys talk about traveling on this podcast. Before I got into stand up, my friends used to call me traveling Al because mm, okay. I just okay. used to book flights and go places super broke pre pictures, wow. Instagram. Me and my boy Quay, who's a doctor now, we went to Spain. When I landed, we pr I probably had 200 bucks in my pocket for a couple wow. weeks. Like, and I just got there and I hustled and I figured out how to wow. meet people. And I traveled all through Costa Rica and not like Man. finding myself after college. I was just a crazy person <laughs> that oh, loved awesome. to see the world. That's, 
that's not crazy i, I think that's I, I think that's actually i think actually to me i think that's a thing that like that should be that more people should do especially when you're young and get in college or getting out of college because that's i mean i'm assuming you learn so much about yourself and also about the world as well you know like just being you know in spain and costa rica and all these other places because you have to because i think that's what traveling does it really makes you like especially when you're by yourself you know you don't have like your parents telling yeah. you to do this or anything like you're like oh well i gotta you know it's that survival mode that kicks in you know yeah, yeah. and it makes you go out and seek people and so like you know I, I wouldn't be looking to meet people but i would be out i would yeah. leave my room i wouldn't sit in my room and like get hung yeah. over and sleep until one i'd go walk around and go see what was free and go see what I could afford to see. And because of that, you run into people, some dudes sitting at a cafe. Yeah. You got a weird accent. Where are you from? You know, and now yeah, you're talking yeah. to right. this dude and him and his wife take you to their place and you go with them uh-huh. and have lunch at some guy's house in Germany. Nice. And, and yeah. it's just like, so, I thought you were going to say something else. Yeah. You wake up. I thought you were going, I was like, Oh, okay. Wow. All right. Nice. What kind of trip was that? Was that in Costa Rica? Man, I I, I went all <laughs> over, all through Mexico, uh, all through Central America, wow. uh, through Europe. Uh, yeah, I I just uh, in so like when I started comedy, I had already been a lot of places, and then that just kind of cemented it because then yeah. comedy kind of like lets you pay for the trip if nothing yes. else. And yeah. so like you then you can really start to travel and just see some cool stuff and stick around maybe an extra week. Yeah. But just yeah. you you need to do it when you're young, bro, because I'll tell you, yeah. man, I'm 43. And I think you always think like, well, I'll do it after college when I have more mm. money, but then you get your entry level job. Yeah. And you're like, hey, I need to take half Friday off. And they're like, no. So yeah. you're definitely not going overseas for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like yeah. you need to go when you don't think you can go. Cause once you're out of college, it's harder. You have pressure to compete. Yeah. You might be dating somebody who might not be feeling you, blowing mm. your mm-hmm. your uh, you know, your house savings yeah, you work know ambitions and yeah so go I, when you're young i agree with that yeah. completely i think uh it's like you especially also because you have the energy to do it as well i mean like yeah. at, the, at my age right now i'd be like uh no i'm not gonna i can't i mean even if i wanted to i couldn't but yeah. i wanted to ask I, like i often wonder if it's a if you're if we're spoiled in that we love we kind of combine our holidays with gigs sometimes like oh i'll do that and i'll yeah. also call it a mini vacation yeah 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 because i like going but there. but i wanted to ask al because you travel so much all over the world is there anything that you picked up in your travels that you that would be great to bring back or that you would be like i, I wish like here in the americans, u.s people would do it yeah. yeah americans would do it you know or something like that yeah <sighs> Dude, like a, a, a custom bunch. or food or whatever you know whatever you well yeah there there there's a lot i would say one thing that i really did like was uh it sounds weird but i liked uh not tipping just having the tip built in because mm. I, I, I love I, that it it was so great and it's not <laughs> a cheap thing i mean it, it, yeah i like knowing that e- whether i'm there or not that my server isn't dependent on and i've waited tables you're yeah. not dependent on just yeah. like how somebody's feeling that day or like mm-hmm. uh, uh JJ, I didn't like his accent and yeah, I couldn't understand yeah. when he was telling me Caesar salad. So kind of ruined <laughs> my name. I don't want that to so I just loved how the service industry was run and I actually really liked because I'm sober now, but like the way that they drink in Scotland is right. like maybe showed me that I was an alcoholic because <laughs> 
I hate I hate all the little games with drinking. I don't want to play drinking games. I don't want to go to a bar where like a bartender has on effing suspenders and he's cutting a fig. <laughs> I like to go to bars where the lights are up. There's no TVs. There's no agendas for what we're doing there. And people are pounding. Not even like fighting or yelling, just like people that just enjoy drinking. And yeah, right. I, I just I loved it over there. So I, I did like uh, I did like pub culture over there as well. Right. Yeah, so, I, so I, I yeah, dig and, it. And can I point out something on top of the tips being baked in? Like so, and in Britain, for example, um, you buy people drinks. You buy your server a drink instead of tipping often. So you go, you know, we'll have three drinks for us and one for yourself, kind of thing. And that's kind of how they pass play. Pay, pay it forward in Britain, but also speaking of having things baked in, uh, they do it with their taxes and stuff as well, which I think is great. When you go into a shop and you have a bottle of Jameson's there, and the bottle is twenty pounds, and that's it. It's not, it's not nineteen ninety nine plus plus whatever taxes you get hit with at the till or anything like that. You just know, and it's all baked in. I I'm a big fan of that too, Al man, on yeah, all those I levels. And and also, I'll just say, like, especially going through Central America, just the warmth of the people and how that would translate into their entertainment spaces, where I'm sure if you saw where we would be listening to music or drinking and dancing later, you'd be like, this looks like a scary Stonehenge. <laughs> but when you get there and you feel they turn the lights on, there's nothing fancy. There's no door guy with like, you know, a black suit on and a clipboard. Like, oh, you're not good good right. looking enough to be in here. Oh, bring the hotties up front and the regular yeah. people just want to have fun. It was like such a communal, like you could tell even that they looked a little shabby. Everybody had the, the best stuff on that they could buy, afford. And it was yeah. just everybody in there kicking it in this very non-pretentious way. And it was fun and it felt free and like sometimes like that's i think that's why i've never liked strip clubs because you can always feel the bouncer looking for a reason to kick your ass yeah. you know like <laughs> there's like a credit card machine and it just seems like i like to be you know in some some remote island on the on the pacific coast uh of, of costa rica and like literally the the only thing that's cold is being kept cold by ice cubes there's mm -hmm. really no electricity uh they're playing a cd yeah, you know, and it's just like it's this free. It was this freedom and this non-pretentious fun. Like, oh, dude, you're wearing last year's shirt in here. Like, people yeah. didn't know what you were even talking about. Just people dancing and having a good time. And I kind of always like that. Yeah, there's yeah. not like there's no hidden agenda. It's kind of yeah. like it yeah. just it is what it is, and it's like people are there just to have fun, to relax, and yeah, that's like that's a great. I mean, when you go into, I mean, anything anywhere, like in any time when you travel and you get to those points, I mean, it's it's. Because it is hard to to find those places. I mean, I guess when you're as a comic, when you're on the road, I mean, like, because especially in the U.S., you go to big cities and stuff like that. I mean, it's hard to find those chill places. I mean, I don't know if you yeah. know any, but like, yeah, to find those places where it's just very like chill and you know, let's just. It's drink. hard. Why yeah. do you, uh, JJ? How how's like? Because everybody's like, you know, at around our age, or maybe even ten years ago, for me. Oh, go to a lounge, go to a lounge. But I'm like, isn't this just a club we're sitting down at? This drink is still $14. Like, well, yeah, I can still hear or about. see people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like still want to dance. I just don't want to ruin young people's night. You know? Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. 
I'm still a fan of the house party. I like the house party the most. Ah, the house, the yes. House party after the club night, and especially if people who are at the show are at the house party, then yes. you're then you're really crushing it. Yeah. Well, not, it's, if not, it's you lose all your powers. If you just go to a nightclub after a comedy show, it's like kryptonite, and you're just you're just another dude yeah. in the nightclub. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's also at this age too. It's like I mean, I go into like a club with like it's so young people. Like first of all, I remember like. You would, I would wait for hours just to get in there, you know? And I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. Like, I'm not going to wait an hour. I'm like, either I can't come in, and if it's crazy packed and I can't move, I'm also leaving. I'm like, no, I want to, you know, I'll dance yeah. and stuff like that, but I want to be like, hey, what's going on? You know, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying. I guess we got to set up a, a club well, like that for just and, and, more adult and, <laughs> it's, like, and, and it's only speaking, 20 people allowed and you chill <laughs> and you and get, yeah. speaking speaking of which um it's like that actually leads us into something that i'm dead curious there's a couple of things that we love asking our guests and because we've just been rambling we haven't uh, been able to get that yet but i'm assuming that dance clubs aren't your number one form of recreation but we're wondering like when you're on the road what kind of stuff do you seek out like to do to kill the day or do you just go to the dance clubs at night and exhaust yourself so that? Well, it's, it's just like, uh, dude, getting sober, it, it's almost like uh, a tale of uh, two cities, bro. Because I was just, right. I, I loved the nightlife. Um, so I would get up around one o'clock and watch the games. But like, really, my day started at like six, you know, and I would go do the shows. And then I would love to go. Uh, either to a cool place at the suggestion of like the staff or like a place I've been to before that kind of had music and like fun. And like, you, you know, after a while, after you've been to a city a couple of times, you're like, oh, we're all going to go to JJ's at 1.30 last call anyway. So mm-hmm. the night right. goes till four o'clock. And now, like, I'll now I eat my way through a city. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be like, yo, yeah. it's got yeah, a dope yeah. breakfast. And I'll yeah. go, I'll, you know, and I'll like, I'll drive, I'll get a car and I'll drive around the city and I'll just eat and drink coffee all day and then uh, <laughs> get ready for the show. So it's like, I think I take in more of the city now than I did, but I yeah. take in less of the nightlife. But it's like, I, I, I'm i not like one of those people that stop drinking. I'm like, I am so pro drinking and going out. I just feel like no different than you won't find me on a playground because I'm yeah, too Yeah, you old. grew up. Yes. I, I not even grew up because I, I don't want to disrespect yeah. like that. I'm just saying like, I had my fun. Yes, and now I'm giving up my bar stool for a young 22 year old yeah. Al to right. take it, like like some kind of weird. So you're handing the, the yeah. tone, like the actual, but yeah. it's like a yes. Like and a then beer, then I hand him a Jameson, and yeah. then I just I just vaporize, and he's and like, you who's go, that guy? Like, and you go, go, go get him, Tiger. It's like who was that? Yeah. There was nobody here. Are you drunk? <laughs> that was that was the ghost of Al. Yeah, <laughs> he used to drink here back when he was young. Yeah, no, they're like, no, he's still here. He's in the bathroom. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, I just like, I really, I, I just like, like, there, I think like there are people that like retire from pro sports and some people get injured and they, yeah. they're crying at their retirement because they still want to play. And some people are like, yo, I'm gonna go spend time with my family. I got yeah. a boat, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, dude, I have fun. And like now, like, I, dude, if you guys like, we're going to the bar, I'm like, when? Let's go. Yeah. You know, and I still, dude, I, I still go and have a good time. I just like, but it's a different, I completely agree with what you're saying because I, I did the same thing. Like I, I went out a lot when I was like in college, I, I used to promote parties in DC, oh, Lord, you know, like Lord. literally like, 
every yeah every weekend like you know like i would go out and like until four in the morning wake up and do like soccer and then play and tennis and then and then party again until four you know so like but I did all that. So like now I'm happy. Like I already did that. I, I can't, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And it's kind of the same yeah. thing. It's like, also, I don't have the energy to do it, but also I'm happy that I did that. And I, that's why I, if I have kids, when I have kids and stuff like that, I'd be like, when you're young, you do all that, go crazy, do all do this it. stuff, travel, get, because yeah, when you don't want to, you, it's like, it's progression of, of your life. You know what Cause I mean? you see the people that didn't do it. Yes. And I would see the people at the clubs and be like this, like, 50 year old man i'm like yeah. go go what are you go, what are you doing go watch my guy bro man. yeah like, like this is not you're not supposed to be here man yeah you know? it's you a know? it's a rough go and you see like the young 22 year old girls dancing around him and, and he's dancing with them and he doesn't know that they're being ironic and kind of yes, shitty to him. Yeah, they're like yeah. yeah these hot chicks and they're like oh take a picture with me with my dad you yeah. know <laughs> like i don't want to yeah. be that i don't want to be that dude so it's yeah. like uh yeah, I, I don't. JJ, do you still go out? Go out? I felt like that dude recently. <laughs> yeah. well, well, okay, well, not recently. He's, he's obviously, saying. obviously not not recently, not in the pandemic. But but um, but yeah, I did a gig. I'm trying to remember where it was. I did a gig and I wound up going out with all the staff and the other comics, and I was definitely the oldest person in this club. <laughs> And I didn't want to be there. And I'm on the other end of town. And I didn't really know where we were going or anything. And I should have just got out. But I kept thinking, though, surely it's 1 a.m. now. Surely we'll all be leaving. See, I've turned into the old, old, the old man while everybody else is part. I mean, I am drinking and everything. I'm like, all right, I'm going to be like... We're about we're about, well, we're yeah. about ten miles we're ten miles from the hotel, aren't we? How do we uh, how do we get home? Are we ready to go? And, and, it, and it's funny different because it's like let's say we're on the road, all three of us, and like at, right now, and like hey, let's after a game we go like let's go out and have a drink or whatever. Like I'm okay going with you guys because we know we're on the same plan. Right. We're gonna have yeah. a couple of drinks, gonna be chill, eat good, you know, like. But it's not gonna like I know I'm not gonna end up until four in the morning to be like hey or like you know like. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, no, we gotta wake up tomorrow. We got another show. Like, you know, yeah. get, you know, it's like, yeah. so I, it is. I, I like to drink, and I, and I have trouble stopping. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, I, I, yeah, and so, so it's tough. So I do enjoy nighttime, but and sometimes I forget that I'm not 25 anymore. Yeah. The only thing, you know what started to get me, JJ, is like you were talking about just now, like fit, knowing for sure that you're the oldest person there, and and but then you're like. Yeah. I keep myself up pretty good you know, on TV. I must look okay. I'm, I'm like All a good looking right. guy. And then the bartender calls you sir, and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, that's where you. That's yeah, where you also need the ghost of Al to come. Yeah. When you'll be like, hey JJ, go home. Yeah, go go home. home. It's not. It's it's over. Your 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 yeah. time has come. Come and join me. And that's where like kind of like feel of dreams, where like you go both disappear. Yeah. To the bathroom, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and JJ comes out wide awake. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like it's either that or just like I take JJ in like Field of Dreams and like we walk through some corn corn fields and then he just opens up in an old people bar and I'm like, this is where you live now. And then he's sitting next to a guy reading the newspaper and the horse race is on mute in the corner. It's like this is where yeah. we live. And then and I there's just, some. I, I turn to Al and I'm like, but. But twenty-five-year-old women can still find a ballot, and we have we have something to offer. And then Al goes, "No, no, we don't. No, we don't. They don't see that." No, Al goes like, "It's true, JJ. They're called nurses." (laughs) And the nurse comes, 
and it gives you a bit <laughs> an old mill an old mill plate and you go like yeah if you build it it will come the old mill will come yeah, yeah. but yeah that's uh that's how it is i, I wanted to ask quickly too before uh, we were done with it because we're almost done oh, when God. you when you're traveling when you're traveling you know with all because you travel you know from when you were by your you know young you know for work years, you know yeah. yeah like you're the uh, travel traveler al uh did you ever do did you have anything sentimental or superstitious that you would bring or that you still bring with you uh, like I, is it okay if yeah. i guess i like it when we guess oh yeah jj always likes to guess i would like to guess i would like to guess that we're dealing with a non a non-superstitious man i'm actually I'm, the opposite I'm i think he's superstitious not. i think he brings maybe uh, something right. that's super or or i mean because wait so superstitious or sentimental you're saying jj or you're that he's not superstitious. i think either if you're traveling with it and even if you call it sentimental but you travel with it and stuff that's a superstition okay a i think but, he but, does yes. i think al does have something okay, okay. Right, it, you guys are both kind of right uh, but instead of taking something with me to the gig i would always take something from the gig and so it would technically <laughs> always be with me I so always took, yes, I would always take the hotel pen and the notepad. Oh, to wow, this day, oh, okay. I, but every hotel I have a pen in, in the pad and I would write jokes down or write down like people's numbers, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I always, so like at the, at the end of my career, I think I still have them stashed around somewhere, but I have uh, the hotel pen and pad from everywhere. Oh, and cool. so I would even leave, I would go back up to the room if I left it and get that. But that was, I know some guys take room keys. But that would be uh, yeah. the thing I would take. Uh, not so much th with the superstitious stuff. I think I tried to take a $2 bill, but I was broke a lot. So I'm sure I spent it. Like, I, was <laughs> like, I need a sandwich right. from the gas station. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, I, it's yeah, funny because I do use the, the, every time in a different hotel I use for a gig, I do use the, the notepad to write my yeah, set. So, like, so I always use that notepad specifically, you know. So I always, yeah. so I always find like in my, book bag yeah like different yeah. sets like of it's a, like it's, of different it's hotels it's amazing how a lot of the hotels have the notepads that fit better in your pockets as well so when you run through your set you know oh. yeah, uh -huh. you run through your set and you're able to get this thing in your in your back pocket a lot easier so the, I, I was going to ask you guys how are you guys feeling about hotels as we come out of the pandemic and that we now know officially that human beings are gross yeah. you know if you yeah. think about the fact that like we all threw masks on, forget Corona, but we all wore masks and like you go places and you actively see them, you know, disinfecting stuff. People, I don't see as many people with, with you know, sniffling, regular colds, people mm -hmm. are getting, you know, you have a friend that gets the flu twice a year. Yeah. I just feel healthier. I'm not, yes. I, I never have like, like, oh, my stomach kind of feels weird. I think I ate yeah. somewhere late. And, and like, I wonder now, post pandemic, Am I either going to go out less because I know the further and further we get away from Corona, knock on wood, the more lax things are going to get. And of next course. thing you know, you're going to see, you ever seen like the bartender clean the rag and they pull the rag out? Yeah. Like, what the hell is that smell? And it's the rag yeah. they're cleaning with because yeah, it's yeah. just molded, you know? And so I'm like, once we get back there, like, I don't know if I want to be out as much because now I know how <laughs> gross everything is. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, well, I actually just went this last weekend to uh, Palm Springs to, and I stayed at the Fantasy Springs Casino. And like, actually, and, and also when I did DC, I did also stay in a hotel. One thing that the hotels are doing now is like they're not doing room service anymore. So when you stay there, like 
you know, they're not coming. So I actually like that because I don't, sometimes it's like, you know, like I don't want somebody to come in my room and everything. So like, but also, but I, I didn't feel like, like I didn't feel like disgusted, but I do, there's things that like I'm still going to be using. Like, for example, I'm going to still be using the mask when I travel. Like that's a hundred percent all the time, like uh, forever, forever, you know, stuff like that. So I'm going to be using, you know, now I, 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 I'm very considerate of washing my hands of people. If I see, see, you know, so like those things. Uh, so I think, I mean, for me, it's not because even though like, I'm always like very like, not, not like I'm always not trying to get sick and stuff like that. But now I, I think I learned to be a little more in my, in, in stuff that I can control. I mean, obviously if I see somebody touching like a sandwich with their hands or whatever and like and i see it i'm like yeah i'm not gonna have that i'm sorry like give me another one or whatever you know like i'm gonna yeah but i think overall i think they're just learning those things that think are gonna be you know um for me i felt safer in a way like and i, and I didn't feel like Ugh, there's i mean yeah people are disgusting anyways but i think yeah if you can control your own sense of you know i yeah, think that's, that's what, enough that's enough i think that will really because literally we touch everything and then you grab a chip and you put it in your mouth without washing your hands like really well. And that's why you get sick, it, you know, so most of the yeah. times it's stuff like that. So, But even over the course of uh, Corona, uh, I've uh, washed, I, you know, I did the whole happy birthday twice thing, maybe last January and February. <laughs> But, but now now I'm back to just to come. Oh, no, no. I still watched 20 oh, seconds. No, no. I yeah. still watched 20 well, seconds. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. You know what I thought about it? I know we got to go. But, like, in terms of just, like, bar culture, like, it used to be a thing that I think it was, like, universally agreed upon that, like, a drunken bar makeout session was fine. Right. And now yeah. that's going to seem so transgressive, like, to open mouth kiss <laughs> a stranger yeah. After it's been so long and, and you've been conditioned probably every 10 minutes for the last year and a half that something kind of went out of somebody's mouth could kill you. And now you're making a direct connection. <laughs> it's yeah. so interesting because like the drunken makeout, like I feel like you'll, you'll have to do it outside next to the smoking section. We yeah, but just it's a JJ, it's a commitment between you and her now because now she can call you in two weeks and be like, I thought we had something. I kissed you with my tongue. We like, did. We had, we had COVID. Yeah. We do. We do. Well, I think we're starting from scratch because I think before the pandemic started, I think we went all the way where like people now were like eating ass like like it was a buffet. <laughs> yeah. And I think finally it got to the point where like the world was like, all right, enough. You, you we're going to have to yeah. give you a pandemic because you can't just be eating ass every yeah. time yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so now we're going back to like shaking still doing this you know yeah. we're like so we're like a full circle <laughs> oh yeah I, somebody put, Pam yeah. just said uh sharing blunts is not gonna happen anymore no yeah, there, that's there, there, i didn't think over. about that yeah that's yeah. true because i uh actually i brought some uh for palm springs and i even brought to my cousin because i was gonna meet him and i was like i brought another one i was like this is for him you yeah. know because right. oh, i really? was like because even he's my cousin, I was like, and he's vaccinated and everything. But then I was like, oh, okay, but still, I was like, you know, never that's know. very considerate. But I would still do, I would still do the, and I would do the sober as well. I would do the grab the blunt, but you know, oh, make sure yeah. that, that, that it doesn't go on your lips. You know, person, smoke it. You still gonna smoke it, right? You can't. You still get most of it. You get the point. You yeah, get the yeah, point yeah. of the blunt. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that that's gonna be the thing. Is just everybody kind of like still acting like they're this wild man, but they'll like take the shot, but like cup the rim of it. So just their yeah. fingers hit it. 
you know, yeah. they, it's going to be like, we cannot, you know, my girl said, I thought it was really interesting. She was like, we, nobody can act like we all haven't been traumatized in some way. There, it, is, it has yeah. affected yeah. you. It will affect you. It'll affect like, the, like you said, even the weird knuckle bump. Oh, elbow. Oh, you want a handshake? And then like, you also have to remember, cause I did a gig uh, last Thursday at a gig that was probably 20 miles outside of Denver. And bro, the booker told me, I mean, I've been double vaccinated for about a month now. Dude, the, the booker told me, he was like, as we were walking in, he was like, take your mask off. It will not work out well. Like yes. there's a lot of people that are very, mm-hmm. and JJ, I'm talking about like, wow. I have a friend of mine who's a comic uh, named Colin Bohan. He's a comic down in Florida. And uh, he also drives for Uber Eats in uh, Florida. I guess a lot of places are very, very anti-anti-mask. Yeah. And he said he went to go pick up a, uh, you know, somebody's food from a bar. Just it wasn't his food. He just like walked in the bar and stood up at the service station. He said he had been in there like six seconds. And some dude turned and, and goes, "Take that mask off in here, pussy!" Like within, and he's like, he didn't know the guy. He didn't say anything. He was just standing there waiting for yeah. food. And this, and this was four months ago, like yeah. pre everybody being vaccinated. Yeah. So I think there are going to be also places where you think you're- Why care? Oh, cool. Why care? Why be that motivated? It's political, man. It's political. It's, it's ideological. Political. Yeah. It's but I also, that's Dude. one of the reasons I, I told, I waited until I was vaccinated and I told, and that's when I was done. I told my agent and manager, I'm like, all right, now you can start booking me on road gigs because I knew, especially back, back you know, uh, uh, like Florida and Texas and all those places are- are the ones who are more open for shows. And I was like, yeah, even though I'm going to wear the mask, I know I'm not exactly. I had the same feeling of like, yeah, I over there, I can't wear the mask because they're going to be like, what are you doing? So I'm like, but at least if yeah. I'm vaccinated, I feel, well, I am going to Colorado in a couple of weeks, Colorado Springs. Dude, uh, yeah. How long? I mean, when you're here. Yeah, I'm there at the Threes Club, is it called? Threes Club? Yeah, uh, in Colorado that's going to be fun. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm, awesome. yeah, I'm obviously not going to be wearing the mask. When I'm there, yeah. <laughs> call me yeah, at bro. Call, guys. You gotta call me at two a.m. from the nightclub, okay? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. No, no, we're probably gonna be be eating eating dinner at a lounge, listening yeah. to yeah. stuff to, <laughs> easy to easy one hundred and one. Yeah, yeah, now just some tapas and uh, yeah. you know. Like I'll, little, have a, yeah. I'll have a mocktail. You'll have yeah. a twelve dollar cocktail that's really yeah. just a little bit of gin and fruit juice. <laughs> But yeah, yeah man, like, wow, I'm here what a for it. night. Yeah, awesome. No, yeah. That's great. I think I didn't know you were in Denver, so that's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, man, I love it here, bro. Y'all come through, so show some love. Yeah, that'll man. be great. Um, Al, on the way out the door, we have one final question that we ask all of our guests. Uh, it's really straightforward. We're just wondering if you have uh, a favorite piece of travel advice that you like to pass down to people. Oh, that's really great. Yeah, uh, I'll say this uh, for uh, like a casual weekend traveler, but somebody that probably gets out every once every six weeks, get a yeah. good bag, get a really good travel oh, bag, right. spend more money than you ever thought you would. Uh, I drunkenly bought a Shinola kind of leather chocolate bag. It was super expensive. I was still married at the time and it started a huge fight. Like, how could you spend that much money? <laughs> and you know what? I was looking at it this weekend. It still looks exactly the same. Wow. It still has that leather smell. You can take it back and get it refurbished or whatever for free. Wow. It's a bag yeah. that I'll probably have forever. What is it? Is and, that and, a and you it. love that bag. You love yeah. that bag more than you could have ever loved her. Yeah. What is it? A carry-on bag or is it like it, a? It's a, like a okay. Book bag? I'm gonna get up slowly because if I get up too 
too fast. It's gonna make my camera freeze. But I'll show it to you real right. quick. Are, right. we, are we pulling? Are we, they might have. Uh, Brian oh, might have already pulled it up. No, no, no. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I'll show it to you. This is okay. my trusty travel bag, and you can get your initials on it. Awesome. Yeah, because I wanna. I wanna get a. I like getting good, good, good bags. I spend money on a away bag. Have you had that away uh, suitcase? Because it's kind of like it's kind of like a. The what's this more expensive one? I forget the oh Tammy Toomey Toomey. Oh yeah, Toomey's. Yeah. But uh, but a way bags. I don't know if you have a way bags are really good, and they're like you know they're kind of expensive, but they're really good. It's just oh, got, uh, it's got... it's one of these bags. Oh, nice. You can get your uh, let me see if you can see all oh, the initials up here. Yeah, but like you can get your initials on it, like right wow. there at the top. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's just like I can still smell the leather on it, and you know what it is, Francisco. It's a great conversation starter mm. when people like people if you're traveling and you don't know people just like if you have a nice bag or something it's not flashy yeah. but just like something to kind of make you stand out and like when you go to hotels you have a nicer bag easier to get they an treat you better they're just, they treat yeah they're just better. like this yeah, guy's yeah. gonna spend a little bit more money it's it's yeah. little things like that yeah. and i'm not saying it's right or wrong but like I, that's I'll why i travel this. with leather pants they bro i, I <laughs> so i'm with you so i've got this <laughs> I've got a, I'm with you on the bag love. I've got a Katmandu. I got this yeah. Katmandu in Australia in 2003, and it's still a killer. It's one of the first ones I ever saw with a laptop pouch wow. in the back, and it's got layers. It's fully layered, and it's got all these pockets. It's like it crushes. I'm like, oh man, you find a the, good bag. The bag is so important, and that is important. And also, security line tips. I know a lot of people think that like, oh, you go out, you go into the line with like some young people because they're not going to be slow like old people and people with babies. There's a secret to that. And the people with babies uh, and older people that are in wheelchairs, they get to go through not the not the security that makes it look like you're going into the future. We have to put your hands up. Just yeah, the right. one that they have at like bad middle schools, just that yeah. kind of square yeah. one. And they push them through. So they actually go through security faster than you would think. And people our age, we have, you know, an iPad, a laptop. You got to take your watch off. You got shoes with it. Yeah. yeah. And like, so and older people don't have to do any of that. And young kids don't have to do any of that. So they may look like they're going to take a long time, but they get to go through the easy one that only goes off if you have mm. like an AK-47. So yeah, would, that, that's the thing. Find right. old people and babies and take advantage yeah. of them. That's uh, what I, got it, got it. That's how I yeah. teach my kids. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. awesome man. Those are great, yeah. great, great tips. And that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I know we could go and talk so for hours and hours. I mean, like, because you had so yeah. much, so much knowledge and stories. Dude, of, let's uh, do it again. But, yeah, yeah no, we, can, because, we love to do it again because I think we didn't even finish like, half of the questions we had. So. Yeah. And like I was saying before we even started, because we were going and going and going. And then we had to, our producer had to be like, you guys should start, maybe start the podcast soon. And like, yeah. we're just talking and talking because. Yeah, that was there was stuff we were talking about before that, and and I went, let's talk about it on the podcast. And we haven't <laughs> even, we didn't even come back to it. So uh, Al, true man, friends, it was, man, it was, it was such a pleasure. And yeah, 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 yeah cracking guest, man. Thanks for thanks for rambling on. With yeah, us, and man. and remember to watch him in and uh, and daily uh, daily blast, blast live. There you blast go. Live. Yeah. And also get his children's book. Where is yeah. Ford? Right? Where is Baby Ford? You can Where is it Baby on. Ford? And it's we'll, on my we'll website, a, Al Jackson Live. Yeah, and we'll have a link for it. I'm sure there'll be a link underneath. Brian is on top of everything. Right and uh, yeah, 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 yeah Brian. I need him in my life, like in a weird, you know, a yeah. domestic partnership. <laughs> I, got, I, I got a girl, but like, hey, it's uh, we're. And Brian loves to smoke too. So yeah, he's a big Denver guy. Yeah. yeah. 
but yeah, but well, thank you for 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 uh, for coming because we appreciate. It. I know you're crazy busy, so uh, we appreciate you giving us our time yeah, too. Hey, to gentlemen, to I, I appreciate y'all, man. Uh, let's do this again soon, man. I, it's like, Thanks, it's good to see y'all faces, man. I love y'all boys. Thank yeah, you. Maybe we, maybe we can do it live. We'd love to see you live, man. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm in, I'm in LA. Uh, cause I work in Denver during the weekend. I come home to LA. I just left obviously this weekend. So I'm in LA every weekend. So we'll, oh, we'll figure okay. it out. Brilliant. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we'll awesome. see you soon, buddy. We'll go, right, we'll go, we'll go to the bar. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. All right, Cheers, man. bro. Peace. Cheers, bro.